the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the Heart of the City. Well, this is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry to Development for 820 AM The Word. And I'd like to welcome you today. I have a special guest with me. His name is Edwin Waiguru from Kenya. From Kenya. Edwin, welcome today to Heart of the City. Thank you very much, Chuck. Well, you and I had a chance to meet just uh, last Saturday evening. We were at a special event uh, that uh, there were several Kenyans uh, there uh, at this event, and it was for uh, One Word uh, Ministries, which is a new Internet broadcasting uh, uh, ministry that's taking place here, kind of working out of the Seattle area. That's true. Yeah. To preach the word of God. <laughs> yeah. And and you came from Haiti to, yeah, do, to do that. That's where I'm doing my ministry, my mission in Haiti, and I'm happy to be in Seattle. Yeah. So uh, I, I thought it interesting when you and I met, which was for the first time, that uh, here's this Kenyan that's working with uh, deaf ministry in Haiti. And I thought, that is a very unique situation. I got to hear this story. So we're going to hear this story. I'm going to hear this story for the first time. And our listeners are going to be introduced to you. And so I'm I'm excited to to meet you and to get to know you here on the heart of the city. So let's go back. Kenya, how first of all, how old are you? (laughs) Okay, I'm happy to be the age of Jesus Christ, uh, uh-huh. that is 33 years, although whenever people, I ask people to guess my age, they guess younger, and I'm sure you would have thought, because I think God has filled me with the graces. He has maintained my <laughs> my status, so I, I feel strong, I feel uh, healthy to work for God anywhere. He sends me all over the world, and that's why I feel comfortable uh, serving people in Haiti. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about your your life growing up in Kenya. What uh, what was life for you like there? Um, let me say uh, I was happy, and I thank God to give me a good family where I was I was born. Uh, somehow, let me say a middle uh, middle class. Uh, my mom was a teacher. Uh, she's still she's still a teacher. So, and my Dad was a clerk, like a bazaar in a school, so we were able to get uh, basic needs and uh, good education. I went to good schools, so first of all, I'm the firstborn, and then I have two brothers and a sister. So we were brought up well with the, with the basic need and whatever we needed, and I'm so glad that uh, when I finished my high school, uh, first of all, my parents thought that I would be good in uh, engineering, like uh, because I used to do a lot with uh, electronics. I would 
open radios even when I was young. So they thought that uh, my career would be uh, something to do with engineering electrical. And um, we, I enrolled to a school, electrical engineering school. But when I was doing that course, I felt the call to serve God, and that's when I went to uh, to ask about joining the seminary. And yeah, I was admitted in the seminary. I did uh, spirituality for one year, then I did philosophy for three years. Mm -hmm. After that, I did theology for four years. You know, I know now my listeners are wondering uh, which area is this. Anyway, I uh, I started the journey to become a Catholic priest. A Catholic priest. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then so after I did, I finished everything, all my studies, I had a time I really wanted to see, uh, to hear the real call because, yeah, when I was joining the seminary, I was very innocent, very green. I didn't know many things. And when I went through now the studies, the philosophy, the theology, and seeing the situation, how life is, and I started realizing as if um, whatever is in my mind or whatever I'm seeing is not what was there when I was joining. So I had to take my time and now like see and hear the call again. So uh, I was just about to go for the ordination to be uh, like a transitional deacon, but uh, I had some time to reflect more, to go for a retreat, to do some soul searching and to ask God whether... He's really calling me. I felt like uh, maybe it's not my call. So after some few uh, months is when I just met, I think, and I think I had a transformation like the one of St. Paul, who we know very well, was well-educated, but he was using that education to, to persecute Christians. But after he had an encounter with Christ on the way to Damascus, he said now that he was able to know uh, Christ to, as, as, as a personal savior. So I think that's the time now I started looking for Jesus. Now, besides the book, whatever we had studied. Yeah, so so w was your family Catholic then yes, growing uh, up? And yeah. so you're, there was this, um, there, you know, you talk about you were, you were, there was a search for, for wanting to do what was right and what yeah. was good and, yeah. and uh, hearing God's voice. So yeah. that was instilled uh, to you by your church upbringing, by your parents um, you know, yes or no? Or was there was there that sort of a feeling, or was it more of a tradition for them? Let me say somehow it's like tradition. Mm -hmm. uh, like even the young people, the, the catechism we we were doing is like a question and answer, mm -hmm. and like for uh, having the exam. And then the other thing is, uh, and that is one of uh, the best uh, gift that I was given is to have an opportunity to do philosophy. And what philosophy does is like, like to to wash away all those uh, things that you did when you were a child. Like it washes you, and you lead, you run about those people who even came up and wrote books that there is no God. So you remove that those naive concept of God, mm -hmm. so that now uh, your mind can now start searching, knowing God from uh, a, a rational perspective. You start like. Uh, proving the God's existence with you, whatever you see, whatever you think. Uh, so that's it. But then uh, after that, going to the origin, you start learning about the doctrines and about those 
uh, old fathers, St. Augustine, St. Thomas, uh, Karl Marx, Hegel, uh, so all the mm-hmm. Immanuel Kant. And so they really wrote many things and taught many things. But uh, as I say, you can go through all that but fail to have a personal relationship because, like, uh, sorry to say this, the, the formation we underwe- I underwent and whatever we were seeing is like like what you're saying, the tradition. You have to follow the rules. It's not, it was not like very open mm-hmm. that uh, you can... Uh, uh, when I came to America, is now when I realized how things can be flexible. Uh, you, 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 you have... You can give your mind, mm-hmm. but where I was, this is what was said. You have to follow that. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so, do you? Would you say then that you, you that you knew Jesus during that time, or mm-hmm. was there just kind of a knowledge of him, but really didn't know him as yeah. a personal? Exactly. Savior. That's that's the word I can say. Yeah, I, I I studied and I knew very much good knowledge about about Jesus, the knowledge, mm-hmm. and about the church. Now I think uh, I still needed something more. Yeah. yeah. And so as you were reflecting upon this call that you'd felt, because you had, you had that sense of a call that the Lord was calling you, but yet what, where within that, that experience of that, if I would say, a crisis of your own thoughts of wanting to pursue God, what happened during that time that really helped you recognize that Jesus was the Christ and that you needed... <laughs> his personal a personal relationship with him um anyway um i don't know what i can say <laughs> on that but uh yeah they they, they are varied varied uh, reason especially um, it's about the generation we are in uh-huh. maybe things change like we know everywhere things are changing like even the states uh, nowadays people can use gps but uh, years earlier, we were just using papers. Uh, mm-hmm. So the same case, with, even with the calls, with priesthood, uh, maybe uh, some time back, people really knew what they were going for. But after some time, especially where I come from, it reached that sometimes like people now started seeing this life as a as a life of uh, king kingly life. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, we are told that when you are baptized, you become a king, a prophet. And a teacher, but uh, uh, according to my my, pers- my my perceiving of the current uh, priesthood, I saw like they they did away with the prophets, and they they took that aspect of kingly. So they want to embrace every have good uh, cars, good house, servants, and whatever, and that is uh, like. And that's why I don't know, and I will not want to share very, very much, but that is... Yeah. Uh, so, but but you recognize that there was more than just the the performance of being a, a priest, that there was actual... Coming out of this was a, a sense of relationship with Jesus, yes, that, yes. that that you needed something more uh, in your life. And especially the prophetic uh, uh, aspect mm-hmm. of, of the priesthood. Yeah. So so out of, out of that then after you had this encounter with the Lord and you really sensed a call in your life yeah. what happened next uh, I just met somebody uh, that's why I believe God uses angels sends angels and uh, I was given a, an email of a of a, a deaf priest and this uh, I wrote an email and I just forgot 
there I got a reply after four months and this priest told me about this community of deaf people. This priest had I began, I think he's the first uh, deaf priest in the States mm-hmm. and uh, he had be- begun a community to help young people become priests and serve the deaf. So we started uh, with the filling in the forms, the papers, and it took some time, like a year, and that year uh, I really did a lot of soul searching, going uh, to Christ for prayers, for fasting, asking for what's the will of God. And um, yeah, we, uh, there were a lot of difficulties, a lot of handles, challenges, until sometime it w- we had realized that it was even not possible for me to leave Kenya and come to join him because of many things about uh, migration, about visa, and, mm-hmm. and all those things. So, and this priest was serving in Haiti at the time? No, he's in the uh, United States. He was in Illinois, the United States, in Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, God did his way, and uh, uh, I, we met. He, he sent me all the details. I was given a visa, and then I came, and he picked me at the airport, St. Louis Airport. I, I, I will never forget that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, when I saw him, uh, I remembered, um, uh, f- and I would just to say, to go back a bit, uh, when I finished theology, just that year, at the end of the year, my father, my dad passed away. Ah, mm-hmm. And so it was a very, very hard time. And uh, I started realizing and experiencing how people who grew up without a, a father, how it is difficult. And uh, so I remember writing a letter. And... <laughs> I asked Jesus to send me a father. I needed a father, so I sent a letter and posted it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So when I saw this man, um, this deaf priest, and I, I di- directly saw that God has sent me a father, hmm. and that man from that day has been a father. Uh, we stayed with him for some time in, in Illinois, and after some few months, six months you would be surprised he sent me to Haiti and told me his heart is there. He would wish when he retires to go and live in Haiti and uh, serve the deaf people. But so that he will be able to, to, to do anything, he needs somebody to be there to know about the people, about the culture, to do some networking. And mm-hmm. so uh, we talked and I went there. He has visited me thrice and he has been very, very supportive. And I hope uh, from next year, since he might be retiring, he's now 70, 70 years old. So I'm sure by the time he retires, maybe from next year or next year, but one, he'll find everything settled in, in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And we can serve the, the, the people there. And afterwards, we can proceed. The community can grow even to Africa. We would wish to even to go to Kenya. Although uh, we have, we were talking with my friend. They have many deaf schools, uh, but sometimes maybe they study deaf people study to a certain uh, time uh, or grade. Maybe they don't have an opportunity to do the degree because of lack of maybe high, uh, maybe a university. So that's my dream that we will have universities even in Haiti and even in Kenya, just as we have them in the United States. Because I've realized in the state, it does not matter as long as you're a human being. It, you, wh- whatever uh, you want to do, you can achieve. Whether you are blind, whether you are deaf, whether you are uh, crippled, mm-hmm. there are no limits. 
Yeah, so <laughs> and that's why I always encourage people whenever I meet that whenever you see a deaf person, don't think that they are they are disabled. We even don't use that word now. We no longer use the word of disability to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just hard of hearing, but they can do many things. They drive very well. Uh, yeah, I think they are the best drivers. Uh, and even in sports, like where I am in the school, we have young people who do who play basketball, volleyball, and they and they do very very well because they use their their eyes. They are very very sensitive, uh, so they do a lot of uh, they concentrate and even when you are talking to them when you are preaching to them they are they are very attentive because they have to look at your hand how you are signing and unlike uh, the hearing people nowadays especially the young generation you may go to a conference and you are talking and everybody is on the phone or thinking or their mind is away but i feel good when i'm communicating with the deaf because they're all their eyes are on Their you. full attention. Full attention. Is on you. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, you're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, and with me is Edwin Wagaguru. Yeah. Uh, help Waiguru, me with Waiguru. Waiguru. Yeah. yeah I have a hard, I just call you Edwin because your last name <laughs> I, I'll never get to pronounce correctly. But Edwin. You, you don't have to worry. Just know Waiguru is like uh, you know about Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. After he finished his uh, mission on earth, he ascended into heaven. So uh, Waiguru is like ascending. It's oh, like really? Heaven. Yeah, that's the word. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so Waiguru is somebody from... Uh, from from <laughs> up high, from, yeah, yeah. who has ascended. Yes, <laughs> who ascended. So like, uh, yeah, when we say Jesus ascended into heaven in our language, uh, even when we say our Father who art in heaven, in our language you say, Fafavito Waiguru, the Father in heaven. Interesting. So, yeah, oh, so, you got a great name. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what is life like for you in Haiti, the ministry itself? I mean, we hear so much about what's going on in Haiti. As yeah. a matter of fact, one of our radio stations yeah. right now is doing a push to help feed, um, you know, children in Haiti who okay. are hungry. Yeah. Uh, so what is it like for you on a day-to-day basis to to serve in Haiti? Thank you. And to answer that question, I would uh, I quote uh, the verse that really drives me and helps me to do my work, uh, my service in Haiti. That is Isaiah chapter 42, uh, verse 1 to 4. If you read there, you see how God says that, uh, just to a small quote, Behold my servant in whom my soul delight. I have put my spirit upon him to bring forth justice to the nations and the costruns wait for his law. So I think, and that's what I've been telling uh, all the Haitians and even the deaf people, that just as the children of Israel, when they were in Egypt, whenever they cried, God was watching and God was preparing somebody to to, to remove them from slavery. So I always tell Haiti to have hope that whatever prayers they do, God is watching and he's sending people and that's why like uh, all the every time you go to the airport there are people coming to Haiti to do something to minister to help as you have said you are having programs to help Mm -hmm. them so I always tell them have hope and for us when they see us they should not just see us as human beings they should see us as instruments who are being sent by God so uh, as I said I for me I just give myself my life to Jesus and uh, my whole mind is there. Like, 
that's all uh, like yesterday and I've been meeting and I've been with pastors these uh, uh, pastors who have families and they asked me now you people why do you want to uh, serve God without a family and I tell them yeah it, it's it, it's okay. there's no problem but I would imagine if I had maybe a family in Kenya my mind would be very divided Maybe I would be having calls, the wife has a problem, the children need. But mm -hmm. I, when I'm in Haiti, I feel like I have my whole uh, mind there. Uh, if, I, if I meet challenges, I'm able to face them without worrying about many things. So um, my experience there, that is one thing. It is somehow challenging, but uh, through the power and the help of God, knowing that he's the one who sent me, I didn't send myself. He's able to help me. The other thing, I've met many, many people. Like when I was going there, I didn't know anyone. But as we are talking about, uh, we are talking now, I have met many organizations who are supporting me. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I, and I, I believe because I'm just an instrument. So God connects people. As you began this, uh, like, uh, this session, you say that we just met yes. on Saturday, and you see now how... Yeah, we're brothers. So, so you're brothers. Yeah. Uh, so that means God does the work. Well, what, what intrigued me about you, Edwin, and why I wanted you on, on the radio with me here today is what I sensed was just this... Um, well, I'll just use the word obedience. Thank you. When I when I heard your story, and it was just briefly, yeah. and you told me, I thought, here is a man who has been obedient and just followed what the Lord is telling him to do. <laughs> and yeah. that's a quality that many have struggle with, you know, that's because true. of fear, that's actually, yeah. because people will question. That's true. They'll question, they'll say, okay, your father just passed away. Shouldn't you stay in Kenya and tell, take care of your, your mother and your family? Or mm -hmm. they should say, you know, you need to get married and have a family or whatever. Yeah. But when the Lord calls you yeah. and, and you have that that understanding of where he's called you to do and what he's called you to do, then he provides that peace, doesn't that, he? That's that, true, that's that, that peace of heart and peace of mind. I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. Yes, yes, that's true. You know, sometimes people, uh, you probably have had this conversation, you know, they say, where where would you like to live? If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? You know, this place has beautiful water, or this place has the climate is good, or this place, whatever. Yeah. And I've always said this, and I really believe it's true. I can be happy anywhere in the world if that's where God's called me to be. And I want to tell you, on that area, I've met many missionaries. I, like We have an organization called Love a Child. I know it's famous in America, and I met some people who are staying there. And normally they said when they were growing up, they had about Haiti, and that would be the, the last place they would have thought they would go. But after listening to the voice of God, they believe that yeah, that's the place. And uh, for me, now I can tell people, you have heard many stories about Haiti, but Haiti can be heaven. It is, people say, even Haitians themselves, they say they'll be the first people to get to heaven because they have been in hell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I want now to say Haiti can be heaven if you give yourself to Jesus. Well, and that's true of all of the, wherever the Lord's called us to be obedient to, yeah. isn't it? And the, there's a lot of people who are afraid. They're afraid to step out of that comfort zone. Yeah. But yet, uh, when he calls you, he gives you 
the the resources and the peace of mind and heart when you're walking in that obedience and awesome. and you're an example of that yes and uh maybe something else to say is about the language also uh knowing as you said i come from kenya and i've been in the state and going to a, a, a frank language uh, a nation where they speak french and creole but i thank god within the first five months now i can i could speak uh, communicate with the Creole and the sign language, so mm-hmm. uh, something I never thought I would do, but now. Now you are. I, I, I done the Holy Spirit. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gives you that that uh, that skill set and that gift. Yeah. Well, we've got to wrap up here, Edwin. We've okay. Edwin, we've got about uh, thirty seconds left, but <laughs> I want to thank you for joining me today and for sharing your story. Welcome. And. Uh, if you're uh, if you were impressed by the story today as a listener of 8:20 a.m., I just encourage you be obedient to what the Lord has called you to do, and He will honor that, and He will be faithful to you in your life. Thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. Welcome, welcome, my listeners, and God bless you. And be obedient and patient. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word, call Chuck Olmstead at 206-269-6216 or go to 820amtheword.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.